Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to start off with a story. It's a little bit of an unusual story. True story happened about maybe a year and a half ago or so. But hear me, okay? This is very important. I, I really debated, do I tell the story? Because I don't want it to come across the wrong way. But I decided uh, I'd share it with you. And so, but please, I'm not fishing for anything. God knows, I promise you, I'm not. Okay, uh, every long once in a while, our family visits our, our favorite restaurant. Our family, our, our family of four visits, our, our say, it's, okay, my, my favorite restaurant, <laughs> and that is uh, Bones. It's a great steak restaurant in Buckhead. It's fantastic, but we only do this perhaps maybe once every year because it's very, very expensive. In fact, with the pandemic, I think we've only been once in the last, I don't know, four or five years or so, and uh, it's, very, it's, very, it's very expensive. It's very expensive, you know, so, so some kind of big celebration, you know, if you will, but the steaks are so good. Oh my gosh, the steaks are so good. Oh boy, so I have to distract myself here thinking about it. Uh, and so uh, you'll remember, I have one of my kids who are here today, and, uh, and we were there, I don't know, a year and a half ago or so, and, and they, they, they see, it was, it was during the COVID time, though, you know, and kind of in the midst of, it was not a big wave of COVID, but it was kind of a meeting, you know, things were just kind of, you know how things were a year and a half ago, it's like, and, you know, and so even going out to, but we went out and we were celebrating. It's our, such a great place. We're just like, okay, we're going to do this. And we went, and thankfully they, they seated us in like this. They, they've got the kind of the main room, but they've got this little kind of almost a hallway corridor that they have some a few tables in. And it wasn't, in fact, uh, it wasn't that crowded that day. We, we were seated and there was one couple that came in uh, after us. It was seated kind of behind us. But other than that, we were like the only people in, the, in that whole little section of that, of that hallway of bones. You remember that. It was really... Intimate, which was kind of nice for just a, a, our little time and, and some time to kind of just be with the family. And it was good to have some family time. And we were talking. We were talking about a lot of things. And, and, and you know, ministry can be hard. I'll, I'll say that. I'll just leave it. Ministry can be challenging at times, uh, for sure. Uh, but we were talking about some friends of ours, and we were just discussing things. And the kids were there with us, and Rebbitson and I were talking. And and uh, another rabbi friend of mine had just received a really unexpected blessing from his congregation. I think it was a cruise or something. And, uh, and someone else, had, they were on a, like a three-month sabbatical, you know. Uh, and, uh, and, and we were just talking about these things. And I don't exactly remember all the details of exactly because I, I wasn't logging it at the time. But, uh, but you'll remember I said something like, you know, you know, listen, guys, that, that doesn't really happen to us that much, that, that we get these kind of unexpected blessings. But nonetheless, the Lord blesses us. We're very blessed people, and so we're, you know, very thankful. And, uh, and, and we were just talking about the, some of the challenges of ministry. And, you know, it's hard to be an RK, too, a rabbi's kids. Uh, I remember I was a rabbi's kid growing up, and it's, 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 it's hard. It's, it's not easy, and you got to take in, you got to be a lockbox with information, and, and, uh, and then yet at the same time, you got the microscope on you all too often, and in any case, we were just talking about different things such as that, and I said, you know, it's, and so, uh, you know, uh, other things that we've noted, and sometimes when you're a rabbi's kid, is that when there's the, like, the, the costume contest for Purim, you know, it's like, I had to tell them at a certain age, it's like, you know, I just want to go ahead and let you know something, you're probably never going to win, the, the costume contest reform because it just looks weird for the rabbi's kids to be the winners of the contest. So, you know, just different things. You remember, it's just, you know, listen, they're blessing. 
you know, but the, the other, our friends who had this unexpected blessing, it just really doesn't happen to us very often, and that's okay. It's all right. And, and we kept going with our meal. It was a wonderful meal, of course, fantastic. And, uh, and we were getting ready to order dessert, and even the, the one couple that was behind us, uh, they were, took off, and they were a really nice, uh, sweet African-American couple came, and as they passed us, they said something nice. Oh, you have, seem to have a nice family. We said, oh, thank you. And they... And I said, oh, God, God bless you guys. Appreciate it, you know, and, uh, and very briefly spoke, and they left, and we were by ourselves then, and so we had our dessert, and it was all wonderful, and uh, it was just a great time. It was just a great time. It was a lot of fun. You remember this. And then I said, okay, you know, to the server, I'd like to check, and the server came over and said to me, oh, your check's been taken care of. I said, whoa, 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 what? We said, What? 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 You remember this? What? 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 No, 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 no. Hold on. What? What were you talking about? It's been taken. What happened? And they said, the couple that was behind you sitting there earlier, they took care of your check. And, and I'm like, that was my reaction too. I, I was absolutely stunned. Friends, this wasn't McDonald's. <laughs> this is four people at Bones with dessert. Am I, am I accurate on that? That's exactly accurate. And, and we were absolutely stunned. And, and, and Rebidson's eyes welled up, and we thought, wow, they, they must have overheard just a little bit of our conversation. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm sure they had to have been believers. I, mean, I don't know. I'm assuming they were believers and that the Lord impressed upon them. And so I'm like, I, I, I say to the server, well, well hold on. Let me, let me, I'd like to thank them. They were, they were gone, and I said, well, can you at least just tell me just their, their names? And the, and the server was like really hesitant and finally just said, I'll just give you a last name. It's Jameson. That's all I'll tell you. And so, man, I'll tell you what, whoever they are, and I have no idea who they are, uh, but whoever they are, the Jamesons got a lot of prayer on the way home out of our minivan. <laughs> That <laughs> we we prayed for that for that couple and that family. It was really, I mean, they were we were pleasant to them. But man, it, it was such a, it was so kind. It was so kind. As a side note, I'm not asking for gifts. Please don't send me gifts. That's not my point for for talking about that. Every once in a while. I'll get, and that's a blessing. I'm not looking for gifts. In fact, I'm not, you know, some people, you know, really love, you know, that's their love language is receiving gifts. It's not me. So, you know, that's okay. I'm blessed. Thank you so much. That's, that was not my, Matthew chapter seven, please. Matthew, I feel your love. I feel your love. I know you love me. Thank you so much. I love you all too. Thank you. <laughs> Did I get that act, that story accurate there? Yes, I, yeah. It was, stun, it stunned us. We were stunned. Matthew chapter 7, you know, fruit. Talking about fruit, here we have a fruit right here, okay? And uh, a piece of fruit, remember, caused Adam and Eve to fall from the garden. Fruit's very important. <laughs> All right, fruit's very important. The apple takes a bad rap. People says Adam and Eve ate the apple. Scripture doesn't say an apple. It just says it's a fruit. We don't know what kind of fruit. It could have been a tangelo. <laughs> <laughs> That was kind of random, wasn't it? <laughs> no idea. But in any case, maybe not. I like tangelos. But uh, fruit's very important one way or another. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7, Yeshua talks a little bit about fruit in a different context. Matthew 7 verse 15, Messiah Yeshua says, Watch out for false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Grapes aren't gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles, are they? Skipping to verse 20. So then you will recognize them by their fruit. Okay, Yeshua warns us here and he teaches us, right, Rav? He says that we have to be and should be and can be fruit inspectors to examine the fruit of a person. He says, by their fruit, you will know them. In fact, he says it twice, Shmuel, by their fruit, you will know them. The fruit, the fruit of their lives, if you will. And by extension, friends, this has to apply to us too. By our fruit, 
we will be known. We have to really think about that relative to ourselves. By our fruit, we will be known. How are you going to be known? It depends upon what kind of fruit you exhibit in your lives. Why is that apropos, especially for today? Why? It is Sukkot. Chag Sukkot Sameach. I hope that each of you are enjoying time in your sukkah, from which we get the name of the Chag Sukkot, which is the plural of sukkah. Sukkot literally means booths, if you will. But we read, turn to be in Leviticus chapter 23, and is that the holiday of Sukkot has much to do with produce. It has much to do with fruit. But why? Because it's the final harvest holiday. Yes, it definitely commemorates. Sukkot has multiple meanings, and it's so beautiful in that regard. Yes, it talks about remembering how the Lord sustained us in the desert for 40 years, which is why we have the booths. But there's, there's something else that's spoken about here, uh, of which Mark uh, did a little bit earlier today. Matthew, or rather, Leviticus 23, verse 39 God commands, so on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruits, gathered in the fruits of the land, okay, that's now, this is Sukkot, you are to keep the feast of Adonai for seven days. The first day is to be a Shabbat rest, and the eighth day will also be a Shabbat rest. What is that? That's, that's the first day of Sukkot. The last day of Sukkot, the, the Shemini Atzeret, the, the eighth day of the assembly, right? The eighth, it's, that's coming up on Simchat Torah. We're right in the middle here during this festival, exactly what it says, verse 40. On the first day, you are to take the fruit of trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and rejoice before Adonai, your God, for seven days. Days, which is why Mark shook the lulav and etrog. Okay, it was really wonderful. This this is explicitly commanded right here in Scripture about the lulav and etrog. The etrog being the fruit, and what does it says? As you have gathered in the fruit of your produce, why the, the after you've gathered gathered the crops of your land, after you have taken choice fruit from. The trees, but in Hebrew, it says here in Leviticus 23, peri etz hadar, the fruit, literally, the fruit of the, of the tree, beautiful, the, 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 the fruit of the beautiful tree. Okay, the, the, the fruit. When you've gathered in, why? Because as, you know, early on in Shavuot, we've got what? We've got the wheat, we've got the grain harvest, and early first fruits, uh, and, et cetera, in the spring, when the earliest things that kind of grow easy, the stalks of wheat and, and grain and barley and all. Okay, but later on, it takes a long time for fruit to grow. It's, it's, it's more meaty, it's thicker, it takes time, right? And so it's here in the fall that in Israel, boop, you know, the, the, the fruit comes off the tree and you harvest the final harvest before it heads into the winter season, right? And that is what Sukkot is. We always thank God for our harvest all throughout the year as we're harvesting different things. All throughout every season of our lives, we thank God for the harvest in our lives. Someone say amen. amen. And the fruit is the final part of the harvest, which makes sense being the, the final fall feast, right? From grapes in Israel to pomegranates, which are huge in Israel. Uh, Yoel will tell you he spent time in the IDF. I bet you like pomegranates, pomegranate juice. Yes? Okay, excellent. You know, boy, that's, pomegranates are great. I like pomegranates, pomegranate juice. A little, a little tangy for you, but really good. I love it. I love it. So it's wonderful. And they have olives that they're harvesting right now. It's, it, you know, the olive oil in Israel is unbelievable. Whenever I lead a tour to Israel, typically, I take my people to a great olive oil place. It has, I think, the best olive oil in the world. We go and I always stock up. My, my, my wife, our Rebison, uh, it doesn't matter. I only, I only have to bring back one thing, and it's from this olive oil place. You know, so we, we go there all the time to Israel compared to most people, and it's like there's a lot of things we could get. And she's like, bring me back some of the olive oil from that place. <laughs> and we do every time. You know, I love it. It's absolutely amazing. And so, okay, these fruits and things, they're, they're critical to making it through the winter, and so Sukkot, in part, celebrates the fruit harvest. Exodus chapter 23, please. Exodus in the Torah, chapter 23. Let's read in verse 16. It says this, 
This is talking about Sukkot here. It has a different name. We read about it in Exodus 23. Same holiday. It says you are to observe the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labors that you sow in the field, as well as the feast of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather your crops from the field. As a side note, just very, very side note, don't even have it in my notes, but uh, you know how the first month is, is the month of Aviv back in Passover time. And people say, why is Rosh Hashanah in the fall? It doesn't make any sense. Well, we see in part here, it says specifically, that's why there are different New Year's for different things. Judaism has four different New Year's. Well, one of the ways we know this is one of the New Year's times, you know, we had just had Rosh Hashanah, is it says the Feast of the Ingathering at the end of the year, the timing of the end of the year when the year is ended. Okay, we see here that Sukkot also goes by the name Chag HaAsif, okay, the Feast of Ingathering or the uh, Harvest Festival. This is, this is also how Sukkot is described. It could also be described as the Feast of Ingathering. As we're gathering in the final crops, the fruits, literally the fruit, Deuteronomy chapter 16 says that Sukkot is celebrated after you gather your produce and God will bless your harvest and your joy will be complete. So, so much of Sukkot has to do with the fruit harvest. It is central, the fruit, the fruit, the fruit is the part of the harvest that we're really focusing on here on Sukkot. So as we're focusing on the fruit harvest, which is the final big harvest, but at the same time, we remember symbolically, of course, Yeshua commands us to be fruit inspectors. I read that for you a little bit before in Matthew, right? To examine fruit, the fruit of others and our own fruit. And we know from Adam that all fruit is not the same. You've got to take care of the fruit. The Galatians chapter 5. It's interesting. If you go to Israel, you don't even have to go to Israel. I've been to Israel during Sukkot before. It's really amazing. And right before Sukkot. Um, but you can look at this on YouTube very easily as, as well. Look up uh, something to the effect of Sukkot um, shopping Jerusalem uh, or Lulav shopping Jerusalem. And you're going to see some of our ultra-Orthodox brothers and sisters Man, when they get there, when they get there buying their lulav and etrog, when they're preparing to buy it, they're shopping for it, they examine this stuff like this, you know. You know, in there. Well, I mean, you, you look, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not talking about one or two people. I'm talking about many of your ultra-Orthodox and your Hasidim. You know, they're, they're examining, and they're looking at, at each leaf, you know, and, and, and just looking carefully and, Okay, what, they're, 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 be, they're being fruit inspectors, literally here, right? They're being fruit, fruit inspectors. They're looking very carefully. The fruit is very, very important. How does your fruit look? How does your fruit look? Galatians chapter 5, you should know this, verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the, the, the fruit of the Ruach is... Here's the fruit. We've got different kinds of fruit, different, different types of fruit. Here they are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Messiah have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Ruach, the Spirit, let us also walk by the Ruach. Ah, the fruits of the Ruach Elohim, the fruits of the Spirit. Yes, oh Lord, how beautiful this is. It requires crucifying the flesh. If we're going to have this fruit, it requires the fruit we're talking about in Galatians chapter 5, this good fruit, right? It's going to require a, cru a crucifixion of our own flesh. That's what it's going to require. If we're going to have some really good fruit that other people, even if they inspect it really close with a loop and magnifying glass, it's still going to look good. The fruit's still going to look good. It requires crucifying our flesh. Why? Because if we don't crucify our own flesh, we're not going to have that good a fruit. So on this Sukkot, let me ask you a question. Are we celebrating the harvest festival for fruit 
rather as we are celebrating the harvest festival for fruit, shouldn't we also have a harvest of spiritual fruit in our lives? I mean, it only makes sense, right? We should have lots of spiritual fruit. We're celebrating the harvest of fruit. That's what Sukkot is in part, explicitly in the scripture. We should also take this time to examine our own hearts to see if we have a a harvest of spiritual fruit in our lives. How does our crop look? If you're a farmer, I know we got a lot of farmers here at Beth Hillel, and by a lot, I mean absolutely none. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's a few people who have a, a garden and stuff. My wife has a little garden, uh, uh, small, but some of you have uh, more things. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying. We're, we're not quite as agrarian as we used to be as a people, but nonetheless, if you, if you, if you ask a farmer, one of the biggest things they're going to, to care about is... How's the harvest look this year? I mean, that, 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 isn't that like kind of a 101 question if you're a farmer? How, how does the harvest look? How do the crops look? Are we going to have a good harvest this year? Because everything is dependent upon how the harvest is. Yet we don't ever look at our own harvest. We don't ever examine our own harvest of our fruit, of our produce. And yet, hello, this is the harvesting festival. It is a good time to examine our own fruit. And so one of the things that I've been doing over the last few years is the Shabbat during Sukkot, we've been taking a different piece of fruit each year and have been examining that fruit in a little bit more detail. Last year during Sukkot, the Shabbat during Sukkot, uh, by total chance, (laughs) we were up to the fruit of patience. It was like, I got to tell you, it was the fourth fruit. And last year, I mean, we were still in the midst of the pandemic and stuff. And it was like the, I don't know, the 17th or 18th wave of COVID. Oh, and uh, okay. And, and it was like, man, it was just so hard and difficult. And, and which fruit were we up to? Patience. And it was like, oh, Lord, no, please. Can we like skip this fruit and come back to it? Oh, God, I don't want to do patience this year patience, as my dad, Rabbi, used to say. You have to say it slow. Otherwise, you just, you know, most people just want to move past it. It's patience, patience, patience. No, no, it's patience. Now, come on, Rabbi, we've got to get going on the message here. I understand, I understand. That was, la- that was last year. I thought it was very uh, ironic because uh, we were having to be really patient during the pandemic. Well, today I want to spend some time talking about the fifth fruit, And the fifth fruits and the fruits of the Spirit is one that doesn't really get much press. It's not talked about very often, but it is incredibly important. In fact, it should be kind of central to who we are and our character as as ma'amanim, as believers. And that is the fruit of kindness. 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 We need a harvest of kindness in our lives, a harvest of kindness fruit, kindness. Christotes, Christotes is the Greek word for kindness that's used here. And uh, sometimes it can be translated as as gentleness in in certain translations. Most of the time, it's, it's straight up kindness. But it's, it's, if you look at the word Christotes, it's, it's, uh, it has a lot, it's a pretty deep word uh, and, and doesn't have a perfect English equivalent, uh, to be honest with you, because it's more than just simply kind. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a useful kindness, if you will. It's, it's a kindness that meets real needs. That's the connotation of Christotes, okay, the word kindness. Uh, and this is some uh, help that uh, looking at the helps word studies and, and, and really evaluating the word a great deal. And in fact, interestingly, a derivation of this Greek word was a, this is so interesting, a derivation of the word kindness, Christotes, 
was a common name for a Greco-Roman slave. Isn't that interesting? So if you were born a slave, a very common name is a name that is a derivation of this exact same word, kindness. So, so it's more than just, just purely being nice, if you will. Uh, other words uh, that describe Christotes is helpfulness, consideration of others. And, and the root of the word uh, from the Greek means useful and morally excellent. Morally excellent. Okay, so in this way, biblical kindness is not really so much just being nice, okay? It's an action word. Kindness, the fruit of the Spirit that is kindness, is actually an, it's an action verb, if you will. It's an action word. Sometimes, you know, being nice, sometimes you can be nice just by being silent. You know, something happens and you just, you know, just kind of smile and nod your head. And if something difficult is going on or something, you can just kind of, well, that was, that was nice. Or if, if somebody makes a mistake or something, just, oh, yeah, you don't say anything. Yeah, it, might be, it might be nice. You know, that, 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 that's great. But kindness here connotes an action on the part of the person being kind. There's an action that's being taken. So the kindness that's spoken about here is a fruit of the Spirit. You can kind of combine being morally excellent and useful at the same time. Being morally excellent and useful at the same time with, with a level of compassion. Okay, get ready for this. Kindness is not something you show others only when they deserve it. <laughs> wow, man, you got quiet on me on that one. Okay, right. I understand. I was like, I don't really like that. Yeah, I understand. It's, it berates our, our flesh a little bit. Kindness is not something you show others only when they deserve it. Kindness is something you show others, period. Period. If we don't, you see, here's the twist on this. God teaches us about this, and if you really look at the word in the Greek and see how it's used and see how it's used in other places in the Berkha we see a pattern here, and there's some lessons, and there's some, some subtle warnings that are going on here, because if we, if we don't show kindness to everybody, even when they don't deserve it, we are, wait for it, judging ourselves. We are judging ourselves. And we condemn ourselves. If we try to judge if others are worthy of kindness. Okay, listen to these words from Romans. Uh, let's turn to Romans. Recognizing that when you hear the word kindness in Romans chapter 2, it's the exact same Greek word that's in Galatians in the fruit of the Spirit. So keep this in mind. Same Greek word when you hear kindness. Romans chapter 2 is speaking to all of us, and it says what? Starting in verse 1. Therefore you are without excuse, O man, every one of you who is judging. For by, what, for by whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. We know that man's that excuse me verse two. We know that God's judgment on those who practice such things is based on truth. But you, O oh man, judging these practices, judging those practicing such things, yet doing the same, do you suppose that you will escape the judgment of God, or do you belittle the richness of His kindness and tolerance and patience? not realizing that God's kindness leads you to repentance. Very interesting here, okay. It's not a small point. It's not a small point. If you try to judge others as to whether or not they're worthy of your grace and your kindness and your, your patience and your compassion, then you gotta think, hold on, is God saying, Kevin, are you worthy of my grace, compassion, and kindness? No, I don't think I want to play that game. Because you know what? I think I would be found wanting. 
I don't think I would deserve God's kindness. So consider that when we're thinking about how we evaluate others. I remember when I worked for the Consumer Affairs at the Coca-Cola company. I worked at Coca-Cola for many years. We have one of our service leaders who works for Coca-Cola. And I remember we worked in the, this was one of my first jobs out of, uh, out of Georgia Tech. And I worked in the consumer affairs division. It was a, it was a consumer facing position, so to speak. And, and we had consumer interactions. And we were trained to de-escalate consumer interactions. And truly, I, I learned so much in that job. <clears throat> I was thinking about it uh, a little bit more <laughs> It, it was actually great training even for being a rabbi, right? But, but truly, as much as my flesh wanted to be indignant with someone who was being a total jerk, <laughs> oftentimes, if I was kind, it would de-escalate the situation. And this, yes, this is part of our training, but man, it doesn't mean it was easy. It was hard. Wow, it was hard. Sometimes somebody coming at you with something, oh, this, that, or the other, I'm going to sue this Coca-Cola, I'm going to da-da-da-da, because this, 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 and I, and I, and I hear the story, and, and maybe there's a reason. I know exactly why, what something's happening, and they're just being totally unreasonable, and they're just, and, and that maybe they're throwing profanities. I mean, I, I don't know, if they're, if they're just being really not nice. And, and you know, your, your flesh just rises up within you, and you just want to just tell them how it really is. <laughs> right? Okay, well, we've had our training, and you know what? It's like, oh, okay. You just kind of, kind of breathe a little bit. I, I don't know. You've probably all been there at one time or another. I mean, this was every day for me. I was having to deal with people. And, and, uh, and, and sometimes if I were kind, it would de-escalate the situation. Sometimes it would even lead to the person apologizing. That was when I knew, wow. Uh, yeah, Cindy, you were to do the same thing for Delta <laughs> sometimes when you deal with people and customers. You know, sometimes you just got to just be kind. And I've had people actually say, well, you know, listen, you know, can, I, can I just share and explain something to you about that? And, and if you're really kind and sometimes I've had people, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump so hard earlier. I just really, I just was, it's like, whoa, okay, they just apologized to me. Wow, that, that got through. Sometimes it gets, sometimes it doesn't, y'all. But sometimes it gets through, thank God. But being kind is, is something that can help, my friends, but it often goes against what we want to do. It certainly did me oftentimes, but you learned, you learned, you learned. Uh, you know, and at the same time, kindness does not mean, this is important to note too, kindness does not mean being a pushover or doing whatever it is that somebody else tells you to do. Because remember, too, this, sometimes the kind thing is to say no, as long as you're doing so kindly. <laughs> In this way, for example, you, you don't enable people who tend to take advantage of others. There's some people who just systemically will try to take advantage of other people. That's not healthy for them or you or anybody else. So sometimes that boundary is important. So never mistake kindness for, uh, uh, for, for something else that it's not, okay, in an inappropriate way. No, no, no. Sometimes the kind thing is to say no. But with that said, Rabbi Shaul here is saying that we have to realize how little we deserve God's kindness. And the more we realize how little we deserve it, the greater likelihood that we will be kind to others. Let me say that again, friends. You all with me? Listen online. The more we realize how little we deserve God's kindness, how little we deserve God's kindness, the more we're going to be kind to other people. It's almost like passing on the kindness we've been given from God to others. God has been kind to you and me, even though we don't deserve it. And so it's like, whew, that kindness has come into us, and then our job in part is whew, 
pass that on to somebody else. That's part of what the fruit of the Spirit is for. Ephesians chapter 4, please, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, verse 31, it says, get rid of all. Now, here and within this, we're going to hear a couple things. We're going to hear, I want you to listen carefully. We talked about the kindness fruit. We're going to hear, hear, some opposites, some antonyms, and then some kind of synonyms and some things that are compatible with kindness. So tune in, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and quarreling and slander along with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. Same Greek word here. Same Greek word. You see, within this passage, we see and we hear some parallel concepts and some opposite ones as well. Being kind, if you want to be kind, it means releasing bitterness. If you're bitter, it's hard to be kind. Think about that with your family members. Think about that with friends, former friends. Being kind means releasing bitterness, releasing rage, releasing anger, releasing quarreling, releasing slander. Friends, this kindness is holiness. It's holiness. To be kind in the way that God is referring to it here is something beyond what people without God do that is called kindness. Okay, so did you hear what I just said? So when your average, listen, people, everybody in the world can be, can be kind, if you will, but it's a different kind, pun intended, of kindness, if you will. You know, there's one level of kindness that is opening a door for somebody who, and, you know, or being pleasant in a conversation. That's kind, and that's part of it. That's part of the kindness that is, that is in Messiah Yeshua. We're talking about with the fruit of the Spirit is that kindness for sure. But friends, the kindness that is the fruit of the Spirit is more than that. It's more than that. And much of it depends upon the motivation. There's a selflessness with God's kindness that supersedes worldly kindness. Ephesians and Romans say that this kindness fruit is one that is intended to be modeled after what Yeshua did for us. That's the kindness we're talking about here when it says a fruit of the Spirit is kindness. It's another level. It's another level. I mean... It's sort of like love. You've heard this said before, right? Love is, 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 is quite the a word that's used very oftentimes in this world, right? And, but yet when you say it, it can mean very different things, right? Oh, boy, I, I love this TV show. Oh, I love pizza. I love pizza. I do love pizza, man. I love pizza. <laughs> Food, yet again, creeps into my message. <laughs> I love pizza, but I love my wife. It's the same word, you see, love. But wow, what a difference. I love God. Whoa. It's the same word I just used for pizza. Trust me when I tell you. Wow, okay, playing down food, here it comes. I love God much more than pizza. <laughs> In fact, it's not even the same thing. Truthfully, it's the same word that's used, but it's not the same word at all. We know in the Greek, there are actually different words for love. Fair enough. But in the English, you, you hear what I'm saying. It's not even the same concept. You love God. You love your wife. You love a TV show. You love pizza. You see, it's totally different. 
It's a similar concept with kindness. Everybody in the world can be kind. Rewind. I'm sorry, that's old, that's old school. It's so only a certain age would even know what I'm talking about. Be kind, rewind. <laughs> Anybody in the world can be kind. But this is something spiritual. This is kindness in the way that Yeshua was kind to us. That's what he's telling us we have to be to other people, if you will. Very, very different. We can turn to... Proverbs, friends, remember that Yeshua did everything he did for us when there was nothing in it for him. In fact, he did what he did for us when there was nothing in it for him. It's not just that. That would be Dainu. That's enough. But more than this did he do. Why? Because he did everything he did for us when we were spitting in his face. Literally, man was spitting in his face while he was doing what he was doing for us. That's a whole nother level of kindness right there. That's a whole nother level. And, and, and as the word implies in its meaning, there's a practical action to kindness fruit that makes it tangible. And friends, don't, don't just think that it has to be really big, big, big stuff. Sometimes people have a wrong concept when it comes to spiritual things that they all have to be something grandiose and you have to be a, you know, do, do outreach work to a, to a third world country to, to make an impact at all. No, no, it's big and small stuff. The point is that kindness is a consideration of others that is real, that is real, if you will. Making yourself useful in a hands-on way. Let me say it again. It can be big or small. I want to tell you something. The Jamesons were blessing us at that restaurant. They left me no way to repay them. No way to repay them. They left me no way to acknowledge them. I couldn't even thank them. It was completely and totally selfless of them. And it was practically useful. It was a gift in so many ways. Because something else it did is it provided a lesson for, for my kids and for me. It provided a real lesson. It demonstrated to my children that God saw and sees what we do and what we did even when nobody else does. And it, it was a lesson in that regard, and we were stunned. Right after, right after I said, for, for, for whatever reason, guys, I mean, I actually said, and it was not said in a bad way. God knows this. I've never complained. I've, Micah, have I ever? I've never complained about it. But I, I, I said something like, this just really doesn't happen to us. <laughs> it's one of the things I said. It wasn't complaining. God knows it wasn't. It was just an observation. <laughs> this just doesn't really happen to us. <laughs> and then God was like, I got to think that he was just cracking up, man. He said, oh, okay, it doesn't. Okay, I see how it is. It was a lesson for me and my kids, right? I love it. And even more than the monetary value, which, by the way, was significant. <laughs> I didn't, these people, I didn't know these people. This was not, you know, Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A, but you understand, this was, this was a very expensive meal. But even more than the, than the monetary value for us was the profundity of the kindness. Am I right? The, the kindness was so profound that, that it, made, it made my wife tear up. It resonated with us all so much. It was like all we spoke about on the way home. We were just, 
stunned. Stunned is the right word, I think, in many ways. And listen, when they came in, you know, I said hello to them as they passed. And when they left, they said, oh, you have a nice day. I said, oh, thank you. Hope you guys have a nice day. I was kind to them. But they were kind to me. You see? It was different. And it touched us all very, very deeply. Here's the key. Beloved, for the most part, you can't just rub kindness fruit on you and you'll have it. Oh, kindness? I, I need more kindness. I guess I'll just take some kindness fruit and just rub it all over me and <laughs> then I'll be kind. No, that, that's not the way fruit works. Okay, you don't, you don't have to be a farmer to know this. How do you get fruit? You all know. You buy it at Kroger. That's what you do pretty much. I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, that's not what I'm saying here. No, 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 no. You have to grow it. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, you don't. You have to grow it. That's how you get fruit. You got to grow it, right? And it's typically not just one day you get up and say, hmm, I think I'll be full of kindness fruit. It's just not a one day deal. You got to cultivate it. You got to really cultivate it. If you want to grow some fruit, it takes time. You got to be intentional about it. And each day you have to purpose to, to water it, to, to weed it, to let it get sunshine. And yes, my friends, to periodically fertilize it. <laughs> if you want some good fruit, it takes some fertilizer. And it's sometimes dirty when you fertilize plants. You know, you know what that means that you're sometimes getting your hands dirty with when you fertilize stuff. But each day, you should consciously make an effort to cultivate kindness in your life. And that really starts with your family and your close friends, beloved. Sometimes those closest to you see the least kindness fruit. Remember, sometimes another enemy of kindness is sarcasm. Proverbs 3, verse 1, as we prepare to close. Melech Shlomo, King Solomon said, verse 1, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my mitzvot, my commandments. For length of days and years of life and shalom they will add to you. Let kindness and truth never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will gain favor and a good name in the eyes of God and man. Mm. King Solomon tells us that kindness should be bound around our neck and written on the tablet of your heart. And if you are kind, my friend, it says that you'll find favor in the eyes of God and man. Wow, think about that. Think about how integral scriptures tell us that kindness should be within us, written on our hearts, bound around our necks. It's not a small or inconsequential thing. It's a big thing. So, beloved, it's Sukkot. We're celebrating the fruit harvest. And this year, let's purpose to have a harvest of fruit. The title of my message today is Kindness Fruit. <laughs> Let's grow it. Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never made that commitment to follow God, but you want to, and you're here, raise your hand and we'll pray together. If you've never said yes to Yeshua, never committed your life to God, but you want to today, raise your hand and we'll pray. Is there anyone? Perhaps you're watching online and you've never said that prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. Repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, dear God, I humbly come before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Thank you, oh God 
Please forgive me my sins. I'll serve you the rest of my days. In Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you the greatest decision you've ever made. And if you're here and you couldn't quite get your hand up, see me after the service if you said that prayer. We want to celebrate with you. Lord God, I pray for our kahilah. I pray for our congregation. I pray that you will give us all more kindness. That it's something that we will seek to cultivate in our lives. Lord, that we will remember the kindness that you gave us and give us. And that will help us, Lord, even in those moments where we really, it's not in our flesh to be kind. But we will do so nonetheless. Thank you, O Lord, for the kindness fruit. Lord, we pray for a bountiful harvest in this special, this special year, 5783. Let it be a wonderful year full of kindness. And we thank you for your kindness to us. We love you with all of our hearts and thank you for these things. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen and amen. Chag Sukkot Sameach. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.